Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. Will you stand across the room for the reading of God's Word? I feel like preaching today. If you came to receive, shout, bring it on. I'm warning you, I feel like God is about to do something powerful in this room. I decided a long time ago that I was going to be a worshiper. And I'm telling you, I'm not ashamed to give God glory because he's brought me a mighty long way. Who would admit today that he's brought you a mighty long way? We're taking our text this morning from Luke chapter 7. So I want you to get ready. You by live stream, you honor us by being with us. Thank you for tuning in today. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. It says, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. This is Jesus. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him for she is a sinner and Jesus answered and said to him Simon I have something to say to you my 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 so he said teacher say it he said there was a certain creditor who had two debtors one owed 500 denarii and the other 50 and when they had nothing with which to repay he freely forgave both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. He said, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she has loved much but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. I want you to see Mary walking in there in that atmosphere of religion. And she expresses herself in worship. And God gave me a revelation that there were people who were joining her and they, or they were judging her when they should have been joining her. And I wanna speak for just a few minutes along these lines, move over Mary. It's my turn now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some of you here, you can't let your neighbor worship for you. You can't let somebody behind you worship for you because God has been so good to you that there needs to be something that rises up in you. And you say, you can't worship him without me. Move over. It's my turn now. How many of you came to worship the Lord today? Slip up your hands. Father. Release anointing and revelation in this house that Jesus be glorified, and I'll thank you. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Come on. Give him a shout if you love him. You can be seated. Move over, Mary. It's my turn now. Push your neighbor and say, move over, Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize in advance if I, if I get a little crazy giving God praise today. I, I move over. He's been good to me. 
See, I preached on Mary and her alabaster box so many times throughout all my years of ministry. And because I spent so much time on the road traveling, and this was one of my bedrock messages, I would say that possibly I have preached on Mary and her alabaster box of ointment hundreds of times in 35 years. And honestly, about the time that I think God has shown me everything there is about this passage, he surprises me and opens up just a little bit more. And this time he did this. He spoke to me about this woman, Mary, and I'm captured by this reality that Mary came in as a worshiper. And we've all focused ourselves on the story of Mary, that it was Mary's story. But in reality, y'all, there's more than one story in the room. I've come to tell you today there's more than one story in the room. Some of y'all can't help yourself. Some of y'all can't help but praise him. You can't help but lift your hands. You can't help but magnify him. You're not responsible for what your neighbor does. But when you remember how good God has been to you and how faithful the Lord has been to you, there's something that rises up and requires your response. I wonder if there are any stories of thankfulness in the house right now. I was taken by the fact that there's really more than one story here. There, there is actually three stories that are taking place at this very moment in this very room. This is just shortly, y'all, before the crucifixion of Jesus. He's spending his last hours with the folks who loved him the most and whom he loved. And of course we know that it's obvious that this story revolves around Mary and her grateful, heartfelt, no holes barred, bowed down, radical expression before the Lord. But there are really two other stories here as well. There is Simon the leper, who is also a Pharisee, and then there is Judas, the betraying disciple. And these stories are going on all synonymously at the same time. And I'd quickly like to do a roll call and just deposit this into your heart. And I want you to understand that there was a lot going on behind the scenes when Mary comes in trembling. She comes into that atmosphere of religion where everybody is trying to be deep. Come on, somebody. And, but there's some things that happen here, and I'm going to share with you the three stories. The first story that I want to highlight today is Mary the worshiper. Mary the grateful worshiper. This is the story that I have the assignment to tell you first. Mary was a grateful worshiper. And I know today in this room, there's got to be some grateful worshipers. Oh, make a little noise if you're a grateful worshiper. That there are people in this place that your worship is so much more than a formality. Your worship is so much more than just preliminaries. It's so much more than the precursor for before the sermon. Your, your worship is so much more than a rudimentary ritual. It's so much more than just coming in. It's, it's so much more than just grooving to the music or enjoying the beat or getting, or getting to enjoy Calvary's incredible uh, worship and incredible music. You thank God that it's excellent, but, but you, you, could, you could praise him with without an organ and you could praise him without a microphone and you could praise him without a band. See, see, your worship comes from a different place. Some people can only worship in the right atmosphere, but any atmosphere is an atmosphere where you can worship in. You can be driving down, right down the road and begin to think about how good God has been to you and something comes right in the car with you and you find yourself weeping and saying, God, I don't know how you did it, but you did. Hallelujah. I don't know how you moved, but you moved. I don't know how you kept me, but you kept me. I don't know how you shifted it, but you shifted it. I should have gave up a long time ago. Yeah. See, your, your worship comes from a different place. You don't worship him because everything is perfect right now, but you worship him based on how good he's been to you. And your worship comes from a place of gratitude. See, we have Mary, the grateful worshiper. Now, the word gratitude, honey, that's worth exploring because if you define the word gratitude, gratitude is defined as this. It's the quality of being thankful. Here it goes now with readiness to show appreciation. Yeah, yeah, thankful people aren't people who aren't ready to show appreciation. Thankfulness has an attitude. 
See, when you're really thankful, you're ready to show appreciation. When you're really thankful, you're ready to show that you're thankful. Thankfulness has an attitude. Thankfulness has a way. When you're really thankful, you want people around you to know that you're thankful. And the truth is, some of you have come into church today, and your attitude and your disposition shows how thankful you are unto the Lord. Because when you really understand how good God has been to you, you cannot help yourself but give God the glory because your worship is coming from a different place. Mary comes in that religious room and y'all, she's got an attitude of gratitude. Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all got an attitude and your attitude is gratitude. Come on, somebody. She, she had a different agenda. She walked in with a different plan. After all Jesus had done for her, and after all the faithfulness he had shown to her in, in her life, she was grateful. But she wasn't just grateful. She was ready to show that she was grateful. See, real worship comes from a place of gratitude. And real worship, real worshipers are ready to show their gratefulness. See, I'm talking to some people today, and many of you are here today and you're a grateful worshiper that means you don't have to be pumped up that means you don't have to be primed that means you don't have to be worked up that means you don't have to work pastor john and the praise team to death you don't have to be begged to give god glory nobody has to beg you to clap your hands nobody has to beg you to lift your hands all you have to do is rehearse the goodness of god in your life and his goodness requires a response see i don't know about you but i came ready to worship Okay, I got about 40 people in here that came ready to worship. I'm telling you, my body is tired. I'm telling you, I haven't stopped in days. I've been going day and night and night and day. But when I got in my car this morning, I knew that I would arrive in this house and I came ready to give God glory. I came ready to spend everything that I have for him. I came ready to give an altar call. I came ready to preach the word. I came ready to clap my hands. I came ready to lift him up. Can anybody come ready to worship? Oh, it's one thing to be thankful. It's another thing to be ready to show that you're thankful. Just before I keep preaching, why doesn't somebody right now put your gratitude on display and give God a little bit of praise for his faithfulness in your life? Oh, I'm trying to behave myself. But tell your neighbor, say, I came ready to worship. Yeah, I needed this moment. I needed this time in the Lord. I needed a word from heaven. I needed to get in an atmosphere where Jesus could be magnified. I came ready to worship. Did anybody come ready to worship? Mary came in, y'all, fully comprehending all that Jesus had done for her. And she came with a premeditated praise. Oh, Jesus. She came with a premeditated praise. Have you ever come with a premeditated praise? Have you ever been driving to church and felt something in the car with you and you said on the way, it's on like Donkey Kong. When I get in church today, it ain't going to be cute. It ain't going to be nice because I feel something in my spirit. There's some of you, you came ready to worship. Honey, you were, you, you, you were, you were already ready. Tell your neighbor, I came ready. Come on. Tell your neighbor I came ready. Yeah, yeah. Before 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 the musicians ever played a note, before before the singers ever sang a stanza, I had made up in my mind that God had been so good to me that I was gonna walk in this room and I was gonna magnify him. So don't get it bent. I'm giving God praise like it a lump it. One, two, three, somebody give the Lord a praise in here. Huh. Tell your neighbor, I came to worship. I came to worship. I came ready to worship. Uh, Mary came in knowing her past, comprehending all that she had done, but her praise was premeditated. I like that. I, I think I'm, I'm going to get more determined to do that. I may practice praise before I, get, before I even get out on the stage. This is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to dance like this today. I wish I could do that. That dance that you do, John, the one, you know what I'm talking about, John? I want that dance. I want, I, 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 I can't get my feet and my head together to do that at the same time. But see, I made up in my mind I came to praise him. He's been too good for me to be cute. 
He's been too faithful to me for me just to sit there, for me to try to be some religious deep preacher that doesn't, I'm not trying to impress you today. I need him just as much as you do. Hallelujah. I dare somebody who came with a premeditated praise. Give him a praise right now. Her story drove her to worship. She was a prostitute. She was unclean. She was rejected. She was formerly possessed by seven devils. She was messed up. She was jacked up. She was unfit, but she was grateful. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. Holler at him. Say, hey, neighbor. If you knew my story, yeah, you would understand my praise. Yeah. If you knew how good God had been to me. See, sometimes you can't praise him because you forget where you came from. Sometimes you can't praise him because you forget how good the Lord has been to you. But is there anybody in the back today? Is there anybody on the sides today? Is there anybody in the middle that can remember the goodness of the Lord and you have an attitude of gratitude? So Mary comes in fully understanding and comprehending precious. All that she had been involved in. They whispered and she knew that everything they were whispering was true. She knew that they were describing who she had been. But don't let who you were stop you from being who you are. Don't let who you were stop you from being who God made you to be. So you have number one, Mary the grateful worshiper. But then number two, you have Judas the indignant. In Mark's account, we read that there was indignation in the room. The Bible said, in being at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spignard, very precious. And she take the box and she break it and she poured it over his head. And the Bible said, and there were some that had indignation within themselves. And they said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and given to the poor. And they murmured against her. If I had my way, I would put a sign up in Calvary that said no murmuring. Come on, somebody. And they murmured against her. But the Bible said there were some that had indignation in their hearts. And certainly one of those was Judas. Judas the indignant. Right in the room of where there was gratefulness, there was also indignation. Now, in order to really understand Judas and his story and his heart, you need to come to terms with the origin of the word indignation. Indignation comes from a Latin source, and it literally means indignation. In meaning not, dignation meaning worthy. In meaning not, and dignation being worthy. So this cannot be missed, because in all my years of studying this text, I thought the issue was with Mary. But as I began to study it this last time, I, I perceived something differently. The Lord showed me something different this time because Jesus was the object of Judas' scorn. Judas looked at Jesus and he said to himself, he's not worthy. That's too much. They should not have wasted that oil. That's too much. And there will be people who look at you when you are about to give God glory, when you're in the process of giving God praise and they will look at you and say that shout is too much that clap is too much those tears are too much that sacrifice is too much but they don't understand how great God has been in your life that there's not anything you can give him that he's not worthy of I saw in that text when they looked at, at, at Mary and said why was this waste of the ointment made. And I'm telling you, there's always indignant people in church. Now they didn't come to this campus, come on. They're in Palm Coast, y'all don't say nothing. They're in Orlando today. They're in New Smyrna, hey, no, no, they were in early service. Y'all don't, don't say amen. Listen, the indignant people, there's always people who get bent out of shape when somebody's praising the Lord. There's always people who get mad when somebody's worshiping the Lord. They wanna judge it and say it don't take all that. It don't take all that noise. It don't take a, why does pastor tell us to give God praise? It don't take all that. And they sit down on their rump like a bump on a stump and get mad if anybody gives glory. I'm coming after you today. And they get mad if anybody gives them glory or if anybody lifts them up. And you know, you sit by somebody and they aggravate 
aggravate you. They get on your last nerve and you say if she swings that wig in my face one more time, I'm going to snatch it off of her head in the name of Jesus and strangle her with it and then raise her from the dead. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all have said, I ain't going to ever sit by her again. And then you come back and you sit clean on the other side of the church and she follows you and sits with you. You know why? Because the Lord is trying to show you that it's time for you to get over yourself and give God some glory because the Lord has been mighty, mighty good to you. Don't be indignant. Don't be uppity. Don't be judging. But get yourself in a position where you remember the goodness of God. Somebody give the Lord a praise right now. Huh. Judas was indignant. He was upset. He was aggravated. Judas was thinking, this woman's worship is too much. And here Judas is. Don't miss the story. Judas has been chosen. Judas has been called out. Judas was one of the 12. He experienced Jesus in a way that I dream about. He saw Jesus heal the sick and raise the dead and walk on water, call Lazarus out of the tomb, raise the, he, he saw all that Jesus did in the, in the way of miracles, signs, and wonders. But here he is, after all he had seen, somehow he considered Jesus mm, not worthy. Oh, let me tell you something. After all I've seen, there ain't no way that you can convince me that Jesus is not worthy. Push your neighbor and say, after all I've seen, yeah, 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 yeah. After as good as he's been to me, after as faithful as he's been to me, after as, as constant as he's been in my life, you can't convince me. You should have tried to convince me a long time ago, but it's too late now because I've done seen him move too many times. I've done seen him shift too many things. I've done seen him save too many people. It's too late now. I can't doubt him. I know too much about him. If you remember your own story, give God a praise right now. So Judas, Judas is indignant. And his problem then is not with Mary. This is what the Lord showed me. His problem is with Jesus. Whenever somebody's grateful and extravagant worship upsets you and bothers you, your issue is not with the worshiper. Your issue is with Jesus. Tell your neighbor, take it up with Jesus. Come on. If you don't like my clap, take it up with Jesus. If you don't like my tears, take it up with Jesus. If you don't like my dance, take it up with Jesus. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. If you don't like my dance, take it up with Jesus. If you don't like my shout, take it up with Jesus. If you don't like my emotion, take it up with Jesus. Jesus has been too good to me for me to sit right here and act like just this week he didn't move a mountain for me. Just this week he didn't shift something for me. Just this week he didn't turn something around. Somebody that loves him, give him a praise like he's a very present help. Hey, if they don't like your praise, tell them to take it up with Jesus. Yeah, you got to talk to the one who redeemed me. You got to talk to the one who helped me make it through. Glory to God. Hugh Judah said this is too much. He's simply not worthy. But old friend, don't get upset with the Marys around you. Don't look down your nose at them. Don't be uppity. Don't misunderstand this truth. Jesus is worthy. I said Jesus is worthy. I said Jesus is worthy. They don't have to praise like you. They don't have to look like you. But I'm telling you this. Jesus is worthy of their praise. And how many of you feel like he's worthy of your praise? Come on, make a little noise if you feel like he's worthy of your praise. See, the truth is, if Jesus has a weakness, his weakness is worship. Come on down. He'll stop everything when there's worship. See, the Bible said, ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. That's in 1 Chronicles 16, 29. Ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. The Bible said, bring an offering to the Lord 
and come before him and worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. It says ascribe, leave it up, to the Lord, the glory that is due his name. You see, you, what that really means is this. That means however good God has been to you, however much he has redeemed you and saved you and delivered you and been faithful to your life, when you ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name, he said, get your praise and your thankfulness and your gratefulness up to that level. I just want to ask somebody at Calvary in the last service of the day, how good has God been to you? If your praise represented God's goodness in your life. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I said, if your praise was a clue of God's goodness in your life, what would your praise look like this morning? I dare somebody right now just ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. Oh, wait a minute. If he's been good to you, lift your voice like a trumpet and say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 I've got to praise him. I've got to praise him. I'm not saying that my circumstances have always been good, but God has been good. He said, ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. Bring an offering and come before him with worship. See, see, one side note here is that when Mary came, she brought an offering. Hello, somebody. And one of the things that marks the life of a worshiper is giving. Now, you were just shouting a minute ago, but it got quiet, but that's okay. Here's what I know. You can give without worshiping, but you can't worship without giving. Can I help you? Something inside of you will want to give. And it is finances. We do honor the Lord. Pastor Don and I honor the Lord with the first fruits and with our tithe and with our offering. We decided that a long time ago. So worshipers are givers. But I'm telling you, I want him to have more than that. I want him to have my life, my praise, my future. He don't just have my money. He's got me. Can I get a witness? The problem with Judah is Judas was in it for himself. Remember, John said that he was a treasurer, but he was also the thief. Think about that. Judas was also stealing money from the Lord. And not only now is he stealing money, he's still in worship. He won't even worship God. Now, now here's what's so amazing to me. Don't miss this. The Bible said right after Judas was indignant and decided that God was not worthy, he looks over at Jesus, who is God. He's God the Son. He looks over at Jesus and said he's not worthy. It don't take all that. There's no way they should have wasted that fragrant oil. It might have been sold for a year's wages, 300 denarii, and been given to the poor. What Judas is really thinking is, I wanted some of that money. It should not have been used on him because Judas was in it for himself. Be careful of a church leader who's in it for himself. That's just free right there. Be careful who's uh, of a church leader who's all about himself. Come on. Here he is. He's indignant. He's upset. He says he's not worthy. And then Judas is so upset that he leaves that room and he goes and finds the Pharisees and they concoct the plan to absolutely betray the Lord. But the God showed me something as I was studying that text. Before Judas ever left the room, he had already left the Lord. Oh, where are you going, Pastor Rayleigh? See, people often leave Jesus long before they leave the church. I've sat right in church with folks, and I've known that they've, even though they're in the building, they've already left the Lord. Even though they're in the house, they've already left the Lord. Judas had left the Lord before he had ever left the room. And I don't want to be in the room and leave the Lord. I'm staying with the Lord. I've watched people sit right in church and backslide, sit right in church and get bitter, sit right in church and lose their way. And they leave the Lord before they even leave the church church but I've come to tell you that I have made up in my mind that I ain't leaving the Lord I ain't leaving the church I don't care who goes crazy I don't care who don't act right I don't care who loses their way I don't 
I have made up in my mind that I am following Jesus. I'm not following a man. I'm not following a woman. I am following the Lord. And make a little noise if you ain't leaving the Lord. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm staying with the Lord. See, Judas the indignant, Judas was saying he's not worthy. And here's what I want to ask you today. Do you feel like Jesus is worthy? Is there anybody here that when you look at how good the Lord has been to you, that there is something inside of you that says, thank you for my children, thank you for my husband, thank you for my wife, thank you for my salvation. Yeah, I've got some drama, but when I really look at it, God, you're a mighty good God, and i got to give you the praise. Somebody do that right now. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, say, I need just 10 seconds. I got to give a good God, a worthy God, a great big praise. Hallelujah. So in the room, in the room now, are you tracking with me? You've got Mary, the grateful worshiper. You've got Judah, the indignant, that says he just ain't worthy. It don't take all that. But then the third story that I want to show you is you've got Simon, the forgetful. The last story in that room is the most common story in every church. This acts of grateful Mary's worship is recorded in all of the Gospels. And as you study about forgetful Simon, you'll find out that he was a Pharisee and formerly a leper. One passage declared that Jesus was at Simon the leper's house. And another passage qualifies that Simon was a Pharisee. So obviously, this was a man that God had cleansed. This was a man that Jesus had touched. Y'all ain't saying nothing. This was a man that the Lord had been good to, that he had cleansed, and don't miss that, because Jesus had been so good to this leprous, unclean Pharisee, but when grateful Mary came in, Simon, the forgetful, this unworthy, formerly, un, this un, formerly unclean leper and Pharisee looked at, looked at Jesus and looked at Mary and got disgusted. And Simon said to himself, if this man were a prophet, if he was who he says he is, he would know that this is a hoochie. He would know that this is an unclean harlot. This sinner is touching his feet and he wouldn't allow it to happen. But wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up. Push your neighbor and say, time out. Time out, Simon. Wait one second, Simon. Here you are in the room with your uppity self. Here you are in the room with your judging self and you forgot that you used to be a leper. And you forgot that he touched you when you were a leper. And no one was more unclean than a person with leprosy. They were marked and separated from everybody and forced to live outside the city. When you were a leper, baby, that was the worst thing you could ever be. There was no uncleanness like the uncleanness of a leper. But yet Jesus touched him in his uncleanness. Isn't it a trip that we start judging somebody else's uncleanness as different than our uncleanness? Oh, but can I find some help? We sit there and say, we don't want the riffraff in the church. We don't want them kind of people in the church. They're unworthy. They got issues. They got problems. We'd rather not have them here. Let me tell you something. Today, we had 128 homeless people that sat in our early service. We fed them, clothed them, gave them clothes. We gave them showers, new socks, and new underwears, and fed them two meals. And some of y'all say, it don't take all that. They're unworthy. Keep them out of the house. But let me tell you something baby you don't need to act like their uncleanness is one bit different than your uncleanness the same redeemer that you got is the redeemer that they need and I'm telling you we'll go get them and we'll bring them and we'll compel them to come because that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ it's not sitting in the room with people that are just like you it's letting folk in that are unclean ain't it a trip 
come on somebody, that we sit around and judge somebody else's uncleanness differently than we judge our own. Simon forgot. Push your neighbor and say, don't forget. See, it's a sad story when we sit in church and judge everybody else's issues. Oh, I'll be done in just a minute, y'all. But we forget our own. See, we have all been unclean. We have all been unfit. We have all been unworthy. And don't judge somebody else's uncleanness any different than you judge your own. Tell your neighbor, unclean is unclean. Yeah, yeah, I don't care if it's redneck unclean. I don't care if it's black unclean. I don't care if it's white unclean. I don't care if it's Baptist unclean. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I don't care if it's coach unclean. I don't care if it's devil possessed unclean. Unclean is unclean. I don't care if it's hoochie unclean. I don't care if it's drug addict unclean. I don't care if it's jealousy unclean. I don't care if it's homosexual unclean. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I don't care what kind of unclean it is. There is a redeemer in this house that will touch you and clean you up and change your life if he touched you give him a praise right now tell your neighbor unclean is unclean I made up my mind years ago when I came to Calvary that I did not want to pastor a country club for good people that I didn't want to pastor a museum for the saints come on now never judge somebody's tears because unclean is unclean and will remain unclean until the touch of Jesus. Here Simon is judging her uncleanness when he had come so far himself. Don't you dare judge anybody. We are all unclean without the Lord. Judas is there and he's offended. Simon is there and he's forgetful. Simon the forgetful judged her when he should have joined her. He, uh, you hear me? He judged her when he should have joined her. See, some of y'all don't judge a worshiper, join them. Come on, David said, David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, David said, I, 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 listen, I, I, I will praise him by myself. I'd like for you to praise him with me, but I will praise him without you if it comes right down to it. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Tell your neighbor, I'd like for you to join me. Yeah, 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 but don't get it bent. You can sit there if you want to, but I cannot forget the goodness of God in my life. I can't forget being written off. I can't forget being talked about. I can't forget that I made it through depression, that I made it through fear. I can't forget that even right now, things ain't the way I want them to be but I have made up in my mind that God is sustaining me and God is being faithful somebody that's not ashamed to give him glory give him glory right now can you stand it can you stand it can you stand it Mary comes in she's a she's a hoochie Come on, y'all don't get deep on me. She's a harlot. She got issues. She knew she had issues. She comes in trembling. I want you to see who she was. She sold her body to foot food in her belly. She was despised. She had been with man after man after man after man. They used her. They abused her. They forgot her. They left her. They looked at her like she was subhuman. They looked at her like she was nothing of value. But when she met Jesus, everything changed. Hey, when you meet Jesus, baby, don't everything change. When you have an encounter with his grace and his goodness and his mercy, everything changes. She comes in. She's carrying her alabaster box of ointment of spikenard. 
very precious. She walks in the room. Come get a chair, son, just you right now. She, she walks in the room. She, she, she's got a premeditated praise. She already decided, see, she's got, she's got tears on her face. She's got gratefulness in her heart. She's got a perfume in her hand. Yeah. See, some of you came to church today. You got a premeditated praise. You'd already decided before you came through the door, I'm going to praise him today. It had been the perfect week, and this ain't the greatest season, but I need to get close to him today. She walks in. She has this alabaster box of ointment. I've often thought, how in the world did she have that? This of such great value, how did she have it? I've thought many, many times, how in the world did she even possess this, being who she was? She had something that was worth that much money. And the practice of the day, if you had that kind of perfume, it was always to use it sparingly. This spignard was so strong that if I dropped it and broke it here, that there would be months that you would come in here and it would fill the room with that smell. That's how strong it was. It was very costly. How in the world did she even have it? I don't know if maybe it was the last shred of thread that she held on to a decent life. Maybe her mom or her dad had bought it for her. But now she finds herself away from them and she is just surviving. But it's the last thing that she held on to. It was her last shred of decency. She probably said, this is all I've got, but I want him to have it. If I give this to him, will he know what he means to me? If I give this to him, will he know what it meant to me when he touched me and loved me and cared for me when nobody else thought I was worth anything? This is all I've got, but I want him to have it. <laughs> She walks in trembling. Her praise is premeditated. Her worship is ready. She knows she's going to have eyeballs on her. She knows that people are going to talk about her. This is all I've got. But if I give it to him, will he know how much he means to me? If I give it to him, will he understand that nobody in the world has blessed me like he has? And nobody in the world has loved me like he has? And nobody in the world has been as good to me as he has? And she comes up and she's carrying that and they're whispering and they're talking. You see, you always use that oil sparingly. It was a little dab here and a little dab there. Whenever a guest would come in, you would take that oil, families would have it and it would last for generations and they would refer they would refresh that that guest and and I'm sure that when Mary walked in and she had that little box of perfume they all looked at her and said go ahead Mary go ahead and dab him a little bit put a little dot here and a little dot there but see Mary didn't have the intention of dabbing Jesus she was about to give it all see sometimes when you understand how good God has been to you you can't give him just Sunday morning you got to give him seven days a week you got to give him all she came in they're talking about her they're whispering about her she knows what they're saying is true she knows that every word they say yes I do have a background yes I do have issues no I am not perfect yes I did sell myself yes I am unworthy in your eyes excuse me Matthew yes I am all that you're saying I did do excuse me John let me get by you Peter can I step over you James let me get through you James the lesser and James the great excuse me Bartholomew I didn't come to see you today I didn't come to see you today. I didn't, I, you're, not, you're not who I'm after. I didn't come to see your new shoes. I didn't come to see your dress. I don't care what you're wearing. Baby, I came for one reason. I need an encounter with the king. I came for one reason. I got to get by Jesus. I came for one You didn't do for me what he did for me. Excuse me. Let me get by you. Are there any worshipers in the room? If you're a worshiper, make a little noise. She's trembling. They're talking. She's walking. Go ahead, Mary. Dab Jesus. Isn't it something? Isn't it something? That none of them had moved to wash his feet. None of them. He said, not one of y'all has washed my feet. Not one of y'all had greeted me with a kiss. 
He said, but she hadn't stopped washing my feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. But you just sitting there. See, there was a time when they used to fight over who was gonna wash the feet of Jesus. When he was old, when he was new, when they were watching him do the miracles, they would fight over who would minister to him. But now they got familiar with the Lord. Now they got used to God. And I'm convinced that people that never feel an unction to worship the Lord, and you're a little too familiar with him. And you've forgotten how wonderful he is and how great he is. Don't let familiarity stop you. Excuse me, John. I gotta step by you, Andrew. Thomas. Excuse me. I gotta get to it. She came up behind him. And she didn't open the box. She broke it. They thought she was going to dab him and walk away. But she didn't open the box. She broke it. See, see, here's the truth. All you folks that get offended by somebody's worship, all those people that don't like to see anybody give God a real radical worship, it's because you've been open. You ain't never been broken. If you ever get broken, worship will ooze out the tracks. If you ever get broken, worship will be everywhere. You won't be able to help yourself. Tears will flow, honey. If you ever get broken, it will shift everything. She broke that alabaster box and it came down upon his head. Come on, one place says she broke it over his head. Another place said she broke it over his feet. Another place said she washed his feet with her tears and she dried them with her hair. You say, Pastor, what do you think she did? I think she did it all, baby. I think she did it all. I think there's a place you can go into God where you'll have to do it all. Where you might cry, you might weep, you might lift your hands, but something inside of you will say, I've got to get to the king. I've got to worship him she broke it over his head it went down his head it went down onto his chest it rolled down his back it was strong it went down his arms it was the smell of worship oh Jesus it changed the atmosphere of the room. I gotta hurry. See, nothing will change the atmosphere of the room like worship. It changed the atmosphere of the room. She knelt down. It was all over her hands. It was all over his head. It was all over her, her hands, her arms. It was now all over her. She, it, she got down there, she's weeping. It was in her hair, come on. She took down her hair. In those days, a woman's hair represented her glory. But she said, I'll have no glory in the presence of his glory and she takes down her hair. See, some of you got to just say, God, I'm here to give you glory. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what, it's, what it sounds like. See, preachers have got to understand, you can't have glory when you're in the presence of his glory. Honey, she began to wash his feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. The, the atmosphere of the room changed. It was all over him. It was all over her. It was her perfume. It was her smell. It was her odor, huh? Everybody knew Mary's smell. Man, when Jesus left there, come on, somebody. They would smell and say, my goodness, it smells like Mary up in here. It smells like, y'all smell that? It smells like Mary up in here. I smell Mary everywhere Jesus went. You could tell that he had been with Mary. But more importantly, baby, more importantly, everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. See, I have decided that I want to get so into God's presence and I want to be so affected by him that everywhere I go, people will know that I've been with the Lord. Somebody give him praise. Come on up, honey. So here it is. Uh, Mary comes in. She's at his feet now. Thank you, Brooke. She's at his feet now. She's worshiping him now. She's tore up. When was the last time that you came in the room and you didn't care what anybody thought? 
When was the last time that you came in the room and you let all the baggage stay outside and you let the weak stay outside and you let the issues stay outside and you said, God, I got to have an encounter with Jesus today. Somebody came and you need an encounter with Jesus. Let him fix it for you. He's the key. Judas the indignant. He's there. And don't take all that. He's not worthy. That's wasteful. Don't take all that. Judas the indignant comes to church and says, hey, don't take all that. He's not worthy. You don't need to worship him like that. You don't need to act like that. Judas the indignant comes to church. He's always sitting there judging everybody, looking down his nose at everybody, judging everybody's issue. Then you got Simon. Simon the forgetful is there. He's judging her, her uncleanness. He's judging who she was and not who Christ has made her to be. He's sitting there judging her, telling saying he's unworthy. Judas, Judas is ungrateful. Simon is forgetful. If one of them would have remembered what Jesus had done for them, if one of them could have just had an epiphany and remembered how good the Lord had been to them they would have ran over and said move over Mary move over Mary it's my turn now let me wash his feet let me minister to him let me worship him see somebody on your row has been trying to worship the Lord but you need to say it's my turn now come on it's my turn now it's my turn now I dare somebody right now who feels like it's your turn now get on your feet and lift your voice and begin to worship the Lord it's my turn now. It's my turn now. Tell your neighbor, it's my turn now. It's my turn now. It's, I want any, anybody who remembers how good God has been to you. Make a little noise in the room. It's my turn now. It's my God's about to minister to worshipers right now. John, come up here. God is about to minister to worshipers right now. Ah, I tell you, God is about to minister to worshipers right now. Don't you dare be Simon the forgetful. Don't you dare be Judas the ungrateful. But if you're here today and you remember your own story, why don't you lift your hands before the Lord? And say, God, let me worship you. Oh, if somebody's in your way, say, move over. It's my turn now. Move over, Mary. It's my turn now. I need an encounter with the king. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Calvary, you can give online at calvaryofl.com or you can use our app. We hope this message encouraged you to experience the Spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon.